You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. I'm Father Tim Buren along with Michael Goldsmith. We're in my parish, St. Charles Borough Male Catholic Church, rural St. Charles. We're about one mile east of the city of St. Charles, and God has provided us a beautiful day today. The fog created this beautiful uh, uh, hoarfrost on the trees, and again, <laughs> reminding us that uh, God keeps his promises. Emmanuel, God is with us. How are you, Michael? I'm great. How are you, Father? I'm doing great as well. This Merry is Christmas. certainly a great day. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. So did you do anything special for Christmas? Just with the family. So, you know, that's a great, that's uh, plenty to to have and a blessing and uh we have our children uh, i have three of them rachel joseph and elizabeth so they were all uh, available so that's always good to have everybody together and absolutely some extended family and my father was uh, able to be with us too so oh, what a gift that's yeah. a great gift you know the gifts that uh, are the best don't necessarily as we say come in the in the packages but they're the people that we gather with and we uh, create memories and we recall Christmas's past you know as mm-hmm. I shared this morning and I know that you were at mass that uh, not always is Christmas a joyful time for some people um, as we recall those memories we recall those that are no longer with us but at the same time christmas is that reminder because of the wood of the manger that we again eventually will see the wood of the cross and so that's why christ came is eventually to redeem us Mm -hmm. and so it is a great gift so uh, i was able to get home i had three uh, christmas eve masses and then i had one on christmas day and so after that i was able to go home for a bit Uh, i traveled on interstate 90 all the way from saint charles to uh, worthington exit and uh, left on the Worthington exit, went north to Folda, and then um, about seven miles west of Folda to the family farm, the as we call it, the Beeren Belgian farm. So we raise draft horses. So, <laughs> you do, huh? Uh, we do. But my family Christmas is coming up on Sunday afternoon, this Sunday. So, um, so we're going to... Um, get together as the family. There's uh, seven of us siblings and spouses and nieces and nephews and now some great nieces. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, of course, with mom and dad, it's a wonderful gift. So. Yeah. And hopefully you'll be able to get there, but it, it sounds like there could be a storm coming. So who it, knows? <laughs> it's interesting. Southwest Minnesota, uh, they seem to get a lot of the, um, of the no, uh, sorry to those listening uh, in South Dakota, we get a lot of your weather. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, in fact, it's kind of fun where we live in Southwest Minnesota. Um, you know, we uh, we have a tendency to uh, know more about South Dakota because growing up, we only had two stations we were able to receive, and that was uh, two stations based out of Sioux Falls. Is at that the right? Time. Now, <laughs> of course, we can get a lot of other things, including uh, Real Presence Radio, which, by the way, we have a little correction, uh, Michael, don't we, that uh, uh, the, um, the funeral for... Um, Bishop Serba in Duluth was exclusively aired by uh, it was yes, Radio. And so I've... that is a gift. Uh, I think we, um, since we're on the air, we take advantage of that sometimes, and we forget, yeah. <laughs> you know, who we are sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So thanks for clarifying that, Father. I was, oh, I, no, I, it's I, well, good. it's still EWTN. I mean, we're part of that whole network, but it was exclusively here, right on Real Presence. I, and I was actually watching on that live stream, so it was very beautiful to be able to do that and 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 be able to be with the people as they mourn up in Duluth. So, you know, this morning we go into the uh, time of questions this morning. Father, are you ready for your 
uh, real, real straight, straight talk. <laughs> I, I, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. Uh, you just never know what you're going to get on Straight Talk, but uh, really <laughs> grateful for you listeners that are out there that have your questions, because what I always say is that your question is probably a question that somebody else has. So don't be afraid to call in or or to uh, to reach us on social media. Yes, we are ready for that, and we are going right into that right now. So, we are excited to bring you to this Real Presence Live Straight Talk. It's our opportunity to share questions and comments and topics relating to the faith and whatever may be on your heart. And uh, we ask you to call in at 877-795-0122. Or you can go online to Facebook and you can type in your question right there and give us a shout out there and we'll get that question to you, to Father Beeren this morning, who has all the answers, right? (laughs) (laughs) Certainly not all the answers, yes. But certainly do call in, 877-795-0122. We do want to hear from you this morning. Um, Maybe you're out and about. Maybe you're at work. Maybe you're uh, in your car. Um, wherever you find yourself, uh, just uh, if you have a question that's been burning on your heart, uh, uh, something that you desire to know the answer to, not necessarily will I know all the answers, but we'll do our best to respond to your question. So 877-795-0122. I got to tell you, Michael, uh, when I was coming back uh, from my uh, quick visit home to mom and dad, I stopped at a gas station along Interstate 90. And will you believe this? It was the day after Christmas, obviously yesterday, and they were already taking down their Christmas tree. I know, isn't that sad? So I found that to be a time for evangelization, and I went to them, and I told them that the Christmas season is not over. Right. And get this, they began to put their decorations back ah, up. So awesome. High five to that. So. <laughs> and that's what we're supposed to do, evangelize, right? Absolutely. You <laughs> know, when, I, when I paid for uh, my gas and my um, my Diet Pepsi, I, I made sure that I said Merry Christmas, and everybody in the store started laughing. <laughs> so, But that's awesome. I mean, that's, you know, you see that, and of course we get caught up in the consumerism and, the, you know, the whole other side of Christmas, and we sometimes forget, you know, about the true meaning of Christmas, you know. So, you know, maybe that's on your heart this morning. Maybe you want a question about that, or maybe there's somebody listening this morning that maybe uh, came to Christmas Mass and is maybe thinking a little bit more about it, and uh, they're tuning in today. So if you have a question for Father, 877-795-0122, and we do have a couple questions coming in on Facebook. So you want to read one of those, Father? Sure. Um Mary writes, my mom and dad have both died in the past few years. They were good Catholics and good standing with the church at the time and both received the last rites. I was wondering if this means they do not have to go to purgatory. Um, can Father also say a prayer for Mary and her parents? Of course, I would do that. Um, so um, as I read this request on Facebook, Mary so grateful that you have um, reached out to us with that question. First of all, sincerely, um, my sympathy, um, as you recall at this very special time of the year, uh, the memories of your parents as they have shared uh, these moments with you. And we obviously pray for uh, their salvation. We pray for their souls to be in eternal life. Uh, One of the things that uh, we are blessed with in the church is the sacrament of anointing of the sick. Sometimes people reference it as last rites, primarily because it might be the last ritual they do receive, the last sacrament they do receive. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
when they receive the anointing of the sick, we, of course, um, have the opportunity to share with them what is called viaticum, which is, again, that last sacrament to be able to receive the Lord if possible, but in particular to receive the blessing of the holy anointing. Uh, first of all, the silent prayer placed upon their head, and then the anointing on their forehead and the anointing on each of their hands. Now, we, of course, trust in God's providential care, and um, sadly, none of us are able to acknowledge where you know somebody eventually um, is, but it is our prayer, of course, that they um, do have the opportunity to share um, in God's glory. That timing is obviously up to God. Um, one of the things that Archbishop Fulton Sheen, um, soon to be canonized, would say often, not only uh, do I believe in purgatory, but I am counting on purgatory. So I just want to encourage you, Mary, that um, regardless of whether they went uh, to purgatory first or eventually went right to heaven or however the Lord had called them, that um, that we do count on purgatory as, as an opportunity. So um, the question of um, the anointing, if that meant that they did not have to go to purgatory, would not be accurate. But again, I'm just a mere human, and so are any of my brother priests or those theologians. We we trust in God's providential care, of course, and we um, we great, gratefully pray for all of those that have entered eternal life. I remember as a young priest, I had Michael was... Um, celebrating a funeral for somebody and the entire time of course i was referencing heaven and and um the difficulty is i did not know this person i did not know them well um unfortunately i didn't know some of their background and they had some apparently questionable uh past um experiences in which um some family were rather upset with me afterwards that i talked about this person enjoying um everlasting life because i wasn't sure of that and and rightly so they were right to question me on that because again um i recall that uh of course we know in scripture when jesus was hanging on the cross um you know he acknowledged to the one thief that from this day forward you will be with me in paradise right. so yep. so um you know we have to leave a lot of that judging um up to god and and we we just trust through our prayers that we can help people get there and that's why it's important that we still offer mass intentions so right. mary i would i would highly recommend that you have mass intentions for both your mom and dad um, on the anniversary of their marriage, on the anniversary of their um, entering eternal life, on um, their birthdays, and so forth. So right. these are good ways for us, regardless of where the person is at, um, to assure that our prayers are still with them. Could and, I ask a question? I'm yeah, sorry, please, Father. Michael, go ahead. With, with that, with with purgatory, of course, we know the church. You know, there's only a couple things that tie to it in in scripture, but the church has has made this a dogma and a doctrine, correct? Correct, yes. And so with this, we know in that trusting, and I've heard many other priests talk about that, you know, once you're in purgatory, you are on the path. You, it's only one you're, way. You're right, exactly. So once you get there, so that's why purgatory is, is not a... A sad thing to talk about. It is a, a joyful thing. But yes, there we all have atonement that we need to make for our sins and reparations. So through this and testing, and it talks about that in in scripture about testing like the the fire, testing gold, and that that we have to sometimes go through that. Correct. 
Absolutely. And I'm so grateful, Michael, that you did point that out because sometimes I take those things for granted mm -hmm. that people would understand that. So yes, it does have to be clarified that um, that we, again, this goes back to um, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, that you know, counting on purgatory, it's because you get there and there's only one way you get out of there and that's by going to heaven. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to go backwards, you're going to go forwards. And that's, again, why that is important that we continue to pray for our beloved. Uh, we pray for them to be joined with the communion of saints, uh, to experience the fullness of the beatific vision. And so, um, and prayers are always welcomed in that. And we, we, we hear about the blessings about uh, how many, so uh, I can't remember the saint, but she has a special prayer for that. And, you know, that a thousand souls can be released, you know, through prayers. And, you know, there's, you, you may not even know the people that you're praying for if you pray for the souls that are in purgatory. There's a story of a priest that I have heard, and I can't um, share uh, the exact um, background on this, but it was a priest um, from our diocese that had shared that he was in a cemetery. He had been to a cemetery that he had never been to before. He was traveling um, and made the decision to uh, visit this cemetery, and he was praying at the different uh, tombstones of those that had been laid to rest there, and he heard actually a voice of one of the people that he was praying uh, over to uh, basically thanked him for his prayers because mm. no had visited him or prayed for him for a while so um you know again that that important part of our prayer so mary our prayers are with you yes, and with your mary. with your mom and dad and and i'm going to pray uh for uh, them at this time and so god our loving father we ask you to bless mary especially in her grief and sorrow at the passing of her parents and and as they have um died in these past few years we know that that Christmas still brings up memories and stories and a longing for them. And so as she continues to pray for them, we continue to pray for them to enjoy the beatific vision forever uh, in glory. And we make this prayer in the name of Jesus, who is Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Father, for that. If you have another question, I, that's a, we could go a long time with some other things on that. Yeah, Father, so the but, phone number is 877-795-0122. Please call in. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. 877-795-0122. Or jump out on Facebook and where Mary was. And we have another Facebook here if you want to read that one, Father. Sure. So there is, uh, Anna reached out to us and she commented on feeling the true meaning of Christmas in our hearts and wanted me to talk a little bit more about this. Well, let me just back up a little bit. The fourth Sunday of Advent, I was um, sharing a homily at one of my masses, and it was a children's homily. We had tons of kids there, and, and so it was a great um, opportunity not only to teach the children, but through the children to teach the parents. Mm. And one of the children there ended up teaching us. Now, it's <laughs> something that I've heard in the past, but it was worth repeating. I invited this young girl to stand up and, and tell her story again, and she shared that uh, during the season of Advent, they have a pile of straw that is near their nativity scene, and when they do a good deed without being told in their home, so maybe they volunteer to help do the dishes, or, or they help lead the rosary, or whatever it may be, that they get to put a piece of straw where the baby Jesus will soon oh. lay his head. And so the point is, is that by the time Christmas comes, that the stable, the manger, the creche is full of straw, ready to receive the baby Jesus. And it was a great witness, really, for all of us, um, as a reminder of why Advent is preparing Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, for the coming of the Lord. And then now that it's Christmas, that we continue uh, to keep the true meaning of Christ in our hearts so that we have also within our hearts prepared the place for Christ. And Michael, how we've done that is um, our churches offer, as we know, uh, during the season of Advent, 
uh, reconciliation services. Absolutely. So we have an opportunity to uh, take advantage of confession. There might be a, a guest priest that will be there. Uh, sometimes parishioners may feel um, more comfortable with somebody they don't mm -hmm. know as well or, or vice versa, whatever it may be. And so they take advantage of that sacrament. So they become very vulnerable in the sacrament. You know, God knows everything, but they need to be vulnerable as they get out their sins. And this mm -hmm. is what I like. It's in that vulnerability that they invite Jesus in then. So they prepare Preparing within their, their hearts right, uh, to receive Jesus. So that's another way that we keep the, the true meaning of Christmas in our hearts is that we have received Christ, not only into our world, not only into our churches and into our homes, etc., but especially into our heart. Absolutely. Um, and we have to be very careful. Um, so Anna, be very careful that we don't allow ourselves to get caught up with that consumerism that Michael had mentioned before, because if you go into the stores right now, they're going to have the 75% off sales for Christmas. But the sad part is you probably will also see Valentine's Day candy. Right. <laughs> so stores are already getting ready for the next season because they're all about the, the dollar and about making money. Whereas mm -hmm. in the church, we have to be countercultural. Michael, how was Jesus countercultural? He was born in a manger, manger. you know, so Lowly. he already mm -hmm. 2000 years ago has already set us up for being countercultural, knowing that we were going to be having these challenges every single year that we would celebrate his birth. And so Anna, with your question, it's a, it's a common question and it's, it's just a common striving that we all must have that we do whatever we can to keep, you know, Christ at the center. And so continue to play those Christmas carols, uh, continue to leave your house decorated for Christmas, uh, continue to wish people Merry Christmas. That's a way that you can evangelize when they question you, well, Christmas is already over. You can say, actually, it's just begun. Exactly. So, That's beautiful, isn't it? I absolutely. mean, absolutely. You know, and we wait and you, you uh, as I asked about it earlier, and you went in to say Epiphany, and then we, uh, we take Epiphany on to the next Sunday, which is the baptism of the Lord, through also carrying through the presentation of the Lord, right? Yes. I mean, that is part of uh, what we read in Scripture. It is part of the Jewish tradition. Eight days after that the baby is consecrated and, and goes through the circumcision and is presented to the to God the Father, right? That's correct. And now the Ordo, and the Ordo is that small book that reminds us of the different readings, the different prayers we have throughout um, the liturgical year, will say that we have that... Um, opportunity now to de-decorate, if you will, our churches from Christmas um, after the baptism of the Lord. Now, granted, some will begin to de-decorate slowly because maybe poinsettias die and they don't last and different things like that. And there are actually even some churches that, like Rome, will leave their scene up through the presentation mm. of the child Jesus. So, um, again, you know, uh, there is um, there is what the church um, asks of us uh, to do that uh, that there is that pastoral preference uh, that can be accomplished with that. So yeah. again, hey, if you want to call in with your question this morning, uh, 877-795-0122 is the number to call, 877-795-0122. Or as Mary and Anna did, you can comment on Facebook. So yep. please uh, call in or, or get on social media if you don't want to be on the air. And, yes. uh, and we'd love to hear more about what is on your heart, what is on your mind today i know there's questions out there like i alluded to you know you may have something that you're going through right now and you want to maybe just to reach out and and have father clarify or maybe even say a special blessing for you so if you want to do that 877-795-0122 can i you would talk about confession and 
alluding back to Mary's uh, question, that's also part of the last uh, sacrament that comes up. You know, you have that opportunity to make that confession, writing yourself, if you will, uh, with the Lord through confession. And then, of course, uh, sacrament is with the anointing of the sick. And then the special oil. Is that the only thing that's done with that oil? The anointing of the sick oil, absolutely. Yeah. That's the only sacrament that it is used for. And again, um, it is a beautiful sacrament that through Viaticum and when that person has prayed those last prayers, um, that uh, we pray that their sins are forgiven. And there is a beautiful uh, uh, release that can happen. Um, priests, I think, if I can speak for my brother priests, we we do long to be with our our beloved, uh, you know, our parishioners, our our family. You know, mm -hmm. they they are part of us, and and we desire really in our hearts to be with them when they breathe their last. But it is not always possible. So, mm -hmm. um, as we unite our prayers with those, you know, whenever I leave somebody that I've anointed, you know, it's just really a there's a sadness in my heart because knowing um, that they're going to um, be passing away at any moment. But there's also that that joy and. Uh, I have to share, recently I've been through my prayer, have been finding myself just a little bit jealous. I know this is going to sound weird, but it, again, it's where the Lord has been prompting me on my heart, a little jealous of those in hospice care, knowing that they get to see Jesus soon. And, mm -hmm. you know, that that's a, a jealousy on my part, uh, primarily because that's the desire that I have on my heart, you know, mm -hmm. that I want to see Jesus, you know. And, we all seek that. You know, so, um, but I think that it's a good reminder for us to be patient because God is in charge. So God's time. <laughs> the number is 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. Isn't that part of, of the ritual too, as you go back, Father, with you know even the presentation? I'm not sure if I really know much about you know the Jewish, but anointing is, is definitely, we hear a great deal about anointing, and we re, uh, we're talking about Jesus. And you said something about you know hanging on the cross and talking to the uh, to the other two thieves that were on the cross, you know, and that you will be with me in paradise. And when the other one, he didn't really say much to him. The other one chastised him. Right, you know? right, exactly. But you know, we we don't know where that's leading to. But when we go into that, you know, the anointing and and the Christ and you know, we're all going to have to travel through that. May not be on a wooden cross that's hanging there but we all have our crosses and we have to move through those to bring ourselves into into that you know into that uh new life right that's so true absolutely and and that's that journey that we're all on and again that's where we place our faith and trust in our heavenly father um he knows what's best for us and that trust is is really a difficult thing but yet um we are able to get closer and closer uh to the lord through that yes well, give us a call. We're waiting for you, 877-795-0122. I know you're out there. I know you. somebody's there waiting. Like Father always says, I, I, I think it's beautiful. That, you know, that question, if you're thinking, oh, I don't really want to ask it. Well, somebody else probably has the same question on their heart. So why don't you just call in and give us that question? We can talk about it and bring that out. Maybe somebody, you're helping somebody in evangelizing in that way, 877-795-0122. Or go on to Facebook and shout out and give us a, uh, a question on there. You don't have to be on the phone if you don't want to. You can just give the question to 
whoever's on the phone. I'm not sure who that is this morning, so I apologize for who that may be if I don't know your name. Usually it's Therese, I think. But anyways, Father, why don't you... Uh, we, uh, we have a question that was brought up about making resolutions uh, for 2020 and the appropriateness of that. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's certainly appropriate that we make resolutions because the reality is as we are on that journey that we are trying to be better than we were the year before, that we're constantly striving and are called to holiness to get closer to Christ. And therefore, there may need to be some changes in our life. Maybe part of those resolutions are, I'm going to be praying more. Maybe those resolutions are, I'm going to be uh, making sure that I make every effort to be at every um, mass on the weekends. Um, Maybe you're going to uh, give up um, soda. Maybe you're going to uh, try to exercise more, which seems to be um, one of the most common ones that we see culturally. So again, there's nothing wrong with um, making those New Year's resolutions. And Michael, you know what I love the best about making New Year's resolutions? What's that? that we Catholics have a fallback. <laughs> that that right? fallback <laughs> happens, you know, in February, the end of February with uh, Ash Wednesday. Yes, so. absolutely. We can <laughs> so roll this is, back into it. This yes. is our good time to practice, people. So hey, make those New Year's resolutions. And if you some for some reason fail, you got Lent coming yeah, up. Isn't so the church beautiful? It's something it sets to look that up. forward to. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, definitely. So, you know, and uh, one of the things that I like to tell people is that we don't have to wait for Lent to make these resolutions, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to work on our, our spiritual life, to work on our our ourselves. So however, you know, that God is, is using us to to better uh, those around us so that we can truly be that modern day disciple. So shouldn't we, you know, kind of going back to what Anna was talking about, keeping Christ, you know, in our hearts, we really should be celebrating Christmas throughout the whole year with keeping and preparing room for Christ the whole year long. Is that, you know, <laughs> you know certainly we, we should yeah, and we just kind of drift on in and out of that. You know, we're creatures of, of habit. We are, you know, and the Lord knows that, you know, and that's why we have confession and we have all the, you know, the things the church knows through the Holy Spirit and through scripture and through Christ himself and his, in his words, you know, what the beauty is all around that, you know, but, how we can keep that focus of what Anna was talking about. We really do have the church constantly telling us to bring that back into our lives. You know what I mean? We certainly do. And, you know, any church, I, you know, with the advantage of social media, being able to see brother priests or other parishioners or past parishioners, uh, post pictures, um, you know, at their at their Christmas Eve masses or their Christmas Day masses, and and seeing how beautifully decorated the churches are. Mm-hmm. You know, this this certainly is a season that we do look forward to, that our hearts are longing for that hope. Mm-hmm. Um, that is really truly what uh, we long for is that right. hope, and um, and so it's beautiful that we uh, can see that expression of hope lived out in faith in our churches. Of course, as we celebrate um, the sacred mysteries and to receive the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. One of the things I've noticed though is in these pictures uh, Michael that get posted you know our parishes really do a great job you know with decorating for Christmas Mm -hmm. and many times you see some of these parishes it's quite impressive you know these uh, magnificent trees and 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 the the amount of flowers that are are there and I I know that most churches those flowers are there because they're donated in memory or in honor of somebody so that's a beautiful testament but what I wanted to share is that once we get to Easter you know we do decorate our churches for Easter, but not at the same level we do for Christmas. Right. I mean, so we don't have like all of these, you know, apple blossom trees. We don't have all of these, you know, magnificent other types of flowering trees, you know. Um, it's because we know birth. We've we've all celebrated birth, yeah. but we have not yet celebrated our death. Mm. 
And so because we're comfortable celebrating birth, it's a lot more easier for us to understand and comprehend because who has not held a child? Right. Who has not been able to see that gift from God come to fruition? And we ourselves have not yet been to heaven. So we don't know what's out there. We trust in God's plan. And so we don't decorate, I think, our churches because we haven't experienced that yet. I mean, yeah, we, we put out the um, Easter lilies and we might have the drapings of the white on the, on the cross and things like yep. that. But, mm-hmm. but, but comparing the decorations in church from um, Christmas to Easter, I think it's easier to say we know um, birth and yet we know that we'll eventually die, but we don't know the fullness of that yet. So I think, I think Christmas for us is indeed, as you have shared, Michael, uh, something to be lived out each and every day. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, if you want a question, I'll give a question to Father, 877-795-0122. Just reading this other point here, Father, about the wise men. You know, we're coming up on, you know, now we're moving through Christmas. We still have a little ways to go through uh, to, to Epiphany. Right now, how do you see that as, you know, the wise men traveling to, to go see Christ and how 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 was that kind of tied into how we're moving through this this season right now? I um, saw a post on Facebook from somebody that posted something that said something to the effect, um, "May we never grow too old to not look up into the sky on Christmas Eve." Now, sadly, what that person was referencing was Santa Claus, mm-hmm. and it became a teaching moment for me to say or to write rather that um, I keep looking up searching for the star. star. I think it is important for us to uh, metaphorically, spiritually search for that star because that star is what? That star is light in the darkness. That star is the illumination uh, that is brighter than any other part of the sky. And it's exactly uh, why the wise men went for it, because they were... Looking um, at the prophecy, right? Absolutely. And and fulfilling God's uh, prophecy, this was a great opportunity. So, um, you know, it's... It's kind of fun in our church here. We actually have the wise men on a journey. So <laughs> oh, it's kind you? of fun. Uh, <laughs> I, children, I didn't notice it. You'll have to point that out the, to me later. The, the children get to go and find where the wise men are. Oh, um, fun. And uh, it is kind of fun. So, you know, uh, because they're on that journey. And my confession is my I do collect nativity scenes, but my biggest nativity scene that I do have in the living room in the directory, um, I did put the uh, wise men out already. Oh, <laughs> Did I say that on the air? Yeah, yes. you did. So I put yeah. my Weissman out already. <laughs> and I actually had um, a salt delivery by the local um, Culligan man, if you will. And, um, you know, they have the key to get in the rectory. And God bless the Culligan man went and moved my wise men and put them by the, do- the door of the uh, patio door looking out. And I was really, at first, I had no clue that that's who, who did it. And, oh, really? And uh, we have a parish seminarian that is in the rectory, and he had no clue as well. He <laughs> later discovered who it was and inquired, uh, did you move these uh, wise men? And he said, well, yeah, Father, they need to be looking for the star. There they you couldn't go. be looking for the star. I'm like, wow, here, wow, awesome. teaching moment from the Culligan man. So, <laughs> Does he go here? Or? Uh, he does. Yeah, so, well, then yes. there you go. So <laughs> he knows. <laughs> that's yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. You know, when I look out into your church, and I know people can't see here, but it's so beautiful with the cross hanging half. You know, normally the cross is on the wall mm-hmm. and most churches. Mm-hmm. You have it hanging out over the altar. And looking up above it, you have this beautiful round window that looks out. And, you know, that really 
to me is so beautiful because we're looking into the light beyond you know that's calling us to what the cross is bringing us through Amen you know <laughs> i think whoever you know your parishioner should be thanked i don't know if that's exactly what they were thinking at that but that's what kind of comes to my heart when you were talking about it and it's just beautiful because we're looking up beyond the cross absolutely the cross is not the end of our story right the cross is rather um just you know helping us you know to recreate um the understanding that we are going beyond the cross to new life mm -hmm. and, and you are so right and and quite interestingly enough you know that rose window that is behind our crucifix is uh for the people that can't see it there is no stained glass window in there mm -hmm. at this point. And the reason is, is because this church was built 10 years ago and uh, we just paid off the church about a year ago. And so the next phase um, is stained glass windows. Sure, um, but in the meantime, things. of course, that um, it's, it's just, it is a beautiful reminder yeah. that, um, you know, beyond the cross is that new life in Christ. And that's exactly what the wise men were searching for was that new life mm -hmm. um, and, and, and eventually in Christ, you know, and, you know, I think, Michael, we've heard those jokes and stuff, you know, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, you know, they should have brought other things right. and, and whatnot. But the reason gold, frankincense, and myrrh is because we bring our best to the Lord, right. you know, um, so we bring what is our best. But remember also, we brought our worst, you know, and that's why he came. I know that sounds kind of odd to say it that way, but it's true. The reason that the Lord again came into our midst is so we were able to give him our worst. Again, in the sacrament of confession, that's the best way we can give our worst to Jesus. That's why he came was to take that from us. So not only um, imitating the wise men, giving our best, we can also imitate the reality that we sin so we can give the Lord our worst. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've heard somebody say too, and we'll finish up here with that, I think, Father, that, you know, when you're in confession, you know, you're really at the foot of the cross and that beautiful, you know, the, the Lord is there talking with us and, and showing us what he gave, you know, right at that moment for us in the confessional. Uh, you, would, you know, the last 30 seconds to, to you on that. And um, Well, let's go into finishing up. I think that's all we really have for straight talk, I guess. Oh, God bless you. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Sorry. No, that's okay. I ended up, I, you, you no. can't see this, I ended up taking a drink of coffee and I got distracted there, so I <laughs> apologize, okay. Michael, about Not that. Not a problem. Well, we're done with straight talk right now, so we're coming up next, we're going to uh, look who can... Uh, for all those that have called in and wrote in their questions, we appreciate that. And reminders that this segment is on 9.30 to 10 every Monday through Friday. Coming up next, we have Kevin Lorson and Richie Stenger, seminarians for the Diocese of Fargo. And they're going to talk to us about a beautiful thing that's been going on up in the Diocese of Fargo, about a basketball tournament between seminarians and the priests. And then we're going to go on to the 10-minute tour after that, and we'll be... Uh, bring in some other interviews after that. So we're broadcasting live from St. Charles Borromeo Church. I am Michael Goldsmith. And I'm Father Tim Beer, and stay tuned to Real Presence Live. <laughs> 